a lot of you may be curious as to why um, I haven't been making uh, podcasts lately. And I'm going to explain that in this episode. Uh, so firstly, I want to wish you guys, uh, first of all, a happy new year. Um, it's good. I'm just going to say it's good to be alive and you guys are going to understand why I'm saying that in this episode. So let me explain what happened. Um, December 6th, I, um, you guys know I have this disease called sickle cell anemia. And sickle cell anemia is this blood disorder. If you don't know what it is, it's this blood disorder that's uh, mostly, it's pretty much only found in African Americans. And pretty much the blood cells, some of my blood cells are shaped like a crescent moon. And they can get stuck in my uh, blood vessels. So, you know, that's pretty dangerous. So, December 6th, and by the way, with sickle cell, you can get these pain crises where um, the when the sickles get stuck in the, when the cells get stuck in the vessels, um, the, they're caught, they're, comes a lot of pain and it's excruciating so december 6th i felt a pain crisis coming on and it really sucked because it was around finals time and i was like okay well this blows but you know i usually get these pain crises every three to four years um so to me it was kind of like well you know it's about that time and this sucks but you gotta do what you gotta do. So I went into the I went into the emergency room, got to bed really quickly. Um, took a lift to the took a lift to the emergency room. This really nice lady took me, and uh, you know I pretty much felt fine. I get I check in, you know, do the copay and stuff like that. They give me a bed really quickly within ten minutes. Um, and then. I go to sleep, and then I wake up, and I go to use the restroom. Then I go back to the bed, fall back asleep, and then I go to use the restroom again, and then I come back to bed, and I fall asleep. And the next time I wake up, I have tubes down my throat, and I I just have tubes everywhere. And come to find out... This, I didn't find this out until way later, but I was put in an induced, I was put in a induced coma for three days because my organs started to fail because I had contracted the flu and I didn't even know, I didn't even know I had the flu. I showed no symptoms. Um, no coffee, no body aches, no fever. I felt perfectly fine aside from the pain I was experiencing on my back from uh, the sickle cell crisis. So I was put on, pretty much I was put on this machine called an ECMO machine. And it's, I think I had the pronunciation right. 
but it's called, it's called, it's, the short name is ECMO, and it's called, uh, extra, extra corporeal membrane oxygenation. And yeah, it's kind of a mouthful, but pretty much it's, pretty much it's life, it was life support. Um, I had a 30% chance of living when I was on this machine because this, this machine is like the last resort. The only thing that was working in my body was my heart. I had, I had brain activity. Um, and I, I remember kind of dreaming during this time, but I came to find out that my organs, all, everything but my heart was failing. And by the way, I've never had the flu before, ever. And it just, I didn't find out that I had the flu until maybe 10, 12 days into my hospital stay. But I did not get out of the hospital until December 29th. But from December 6th to December 29th, if I took all the hardship that I've taken in my life and combined it and compared it to what I experienced from December 6th to, the, to December 29th, of 2019, it pales in comparison. I had extreme anxiety. I had extreme stress. I nearly suffered a mental breakdown. Um, I, I, I had tasted death. And, you know, I can kind of go into a lot of the details, but I'm not really going to do that. Um, but anyway, that's why I haven't been, you know, I'm much better now. You know, God is, oh, God is a healer. I mean, probably for the rest of February, I'm just going to be talking about this kind of stuff. But what I want to talk about today, and I only spent like seven minutes talk, you know, summarizing what happened. There's a lot of details that you guys just don't know. And I'll, I'll slowly fill you guys in. Just, you know, stay tuned. Um, but I want to talk today about the fragility of life. Most of my audience is young. I have, I have a young demographic. 18, you know, 18 to like 29 in that area. And you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm considered Gen Z because if you're born after 1996, you're a Gen Z. But anyway, Gen Zers and millennials, we're still, we're young. And we have this mindset. We have this paradigm. I'm not saying all of us, but we have this idea of kind of this feeling of invincibility. And I'm going to be honest, 
I'm not one of those people who, who felt that because having sickle cell my whole life, I was diagnosed at birth, me and both my siblings have it. I, I just knew that I wasn't invincible and I knew that in terms of my health, I would just have a harder life than others. I mean, you know, my sickle cell could be way worse because there are people who have pain every single day and I can't even imagine that. Because sickle cell is just one of the, you can't, you're never comfortable. It's horrible. But anyway, we have this mindset of, you know, I'm, we're young, we're strong, we're, we're hot, we can do what we want. No, and you know what? You can. You can do what you want, but you need to understand there are people who go to sleep at night and they do not wake up the next day. They just, their, their heart just stops beating and they never wake up. But life is so fragile. I mean, pretty much, I went into the emergency room and from, from what I understood, 12 hour, about 12 to 14 hours after I went into the emergency room, I was on life support. I was on the ECMO machine. You couldn't have told me. December, December 6th should have been my last day alive. And you need to under, you just need to understand that you don't know when your last day is. My plan was to do a little bit of, a little bit of homework, a little bit of preparation for my finals, and then get in the bed. If I had gotten in the bed and went to sleep, I never would have woken up. Or if I had woken up, I would have just been able, I would only be able to open my eyes and not say anything and just feel the life slowly leaving my body and not being able to call for help or reach my phone or do anything. December 6th should have been, should have been my last day alive. Not even making it to 20, the year 2020, not even making it to 21 years old. Life is fragile. And I, I know we say it often, but you don't, you don't know when your last day is. You don't really appreciate life until you're that close to losing it. I mean, I mean, you, you appreciate being alive, but until you have a near death experience, you really don't get it. And that was like, that was me. Once I learned of how bad I was, because I didn't know how bad I really was until kind of towards the end of me getting out of the hospital. I really didn't know how close I was to dying. 
But before that, you know, I always appreciated life and stuff like that. But I never really thought. I never, I just, I never really was that thankful for the small things in life. Being able to breathe on my own. Because, you know, as I said, they pretty, pretty much, pretty much my, my body was shutting down. They put me on this ECMO machine and this ECMO machine pretty much kind of did kind of control the process of my organs shutting down. My heart was the only thing that was, that was working. And to, to think, to think that just half a day earlier, I was, I was pretty much perfectly fine. I was fine. My organs were failing and I had no idea. I mean to, I, I, I still can't process that. Just how close I was to dying. And I'm extremely grateful for, you know, for life. And that's why I had that intro earlier. Just being grateful to be alive because you know, dying is not fun. Now, I now to the best of my knowledge, I did not actually die during the process, um, but I I came extremely close. But I think what you need to understand is that your is that life is fragile. God is the giver of life. There is nothing that you can do without Him. You can't breathe without Him. You can't walk without Him. You can't think without him. You can't, the basics you can't do without him. And whether you, whether you are a believer or not, that's the truth. Now you don't have to accept it, but it's the truth. You know, we think that we're kind of just, as humans, we kind of think we can do our own thing and just do what we want and that we're in control. You really, after this experience, I realized just how little control I had. Seriously. For days, even after I woke up, I couldn't do anything by myself. I had to use a bedpan. I had, I had no strength. Um, I lost, I lost a few motor skills during that time. Um, I had trouble spelling. Um, I couldn't, you, you just, I just realized, I realized just how small I was and I realized just how big God is. We are all incredibly, we're small, we're tiny and our lives go like that. You don't, I, I know I keep saying this, and I know I'm, I sound super repetitive, but we, you have to understand, your life is fragile, and my point, my message is, if you don't live, if you do not give your life to Christ, if you do not become a Christian, 
you will die and you will go to hell. That's just, that's just the truth of the matter. I didn't write that. I didn't create that system. That, that's not me. That's just what the Bible says. And the Bible is the word of God. And you know, one, I remember, I remember my very first year, uh, my freshman year of college. Um, we, me and my roommate, uh, we had a, we had a friend who lived down the hall from us and he was drunk one day and he came into our room as we were, me and my roommate and our friends, we were playing Monopoly and just kind of having a good time. He came into our room and he was just drunk and crawling on the floor. He was kind of, I thought he was kind of over-exaggerating, but anyway, he was on the floor and I pretty much told him, I said, I said, look, man, you can't keep doing this. You, you know, you can't just be drinking like this, you know, you know, something bad could happen. And he's like, bro, you know, I'm young, I'm good, I'm strong and all that, you know, I'll deal with that when I get older. My question to you, to all of you listening, how do you know you're going to get older? How do you know that today is not your last day on earth? How do you know? Like, how, how do you, how can you just say that? We live, we live expecting, expecting for our life to continue into the next day. We set our alarms. We do work for tomorrow. We do homework that's due the next day. We fill up our cars with gas so we can get to our jobs and school for the next day. We eat so we can have energy to, you know, to get throughout our day and to pass time to get to the next meal and to keep doing things. We live our lives believing that, you know, we're just going to, that we, you know, that we're not going to die, at, in, you know, in the near future. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And I, I would ask you guys this. If you knew when you were going to die, if you knew, if you knew the day and the time that you were going to take your last breath on this earth, how differently would you live your life? Currently, currently I'm not in school right now. I'm taking this semester off and maybe in fall, in the fall, um, I'll be back in school. Um, you guys knew that I was up at Sacramento State. Currently I'm not. Uh, I'm back home with my family, uh, recovering, and, you know, I mean, pretty much I'm good. I lost a lot of weight. I lost 27 pounds, and I was already a thin guy, but anyway, concerning school and the question that I just asked, if I had gone through this before, and I, I genuinely believe this, and this may change. But if I had gone through what I had gone through before I went to college, before my freshman year, I wouldn't have gone, I wouldn't have gone to college because I understand how fragile I just, you understand that you don't have time to waste on this earth. And I'm not saying school was a waste of time, 
but I would just spend my time differently. Because in college, you're kind of like in this kind of in, I don't want to say a stagnant place, but you're kind of, you're, it's mostly just networking and getting a degree so you can kind of enter the workforce. And spending at least four years doing that of being in a classroom. No, I, that, that's just not, I just, I just wouldn't have done that. Will I ever go back to school? Maybe. You know, I've always, I've always loved learning. I've, I'm never going to stop learning. I'm never going to stop reading and annotating and stuff like that. I love learning new things. Um, I love watching documentaries on whatever subject. Um, but I've always loved learning and I've just loved being in the classroom. But now, you know, my focus is different. Um, you know, I still hold a lot of the beliefs, you know, my political and cultural beliefs and stuff like that. But I now just under, I understand more and care more about what's actually important in life. You know, it's a really humbling experience to being close to death. It's a very humbling experience to having to use bedpans and having to have nurses clean you and bathe you. And, you know, having scars all over your body. I have, from being on the, from being on the ECMO machine, I have a noticeable scar on the right side of my neck, like at the base of my neck. And, you know, you just see things very differently. And I think you'll find that amongst a lot of, a lot of people who have gone through, I should say, near-death experiences or have died and come back to life and things like that. You just, you, I promise you, you will live differently. You will see things differently. Your mind will be a lot clearer. I was talking, I was talking to, um, my friend who was my roommate during that story that I told you. Um, he's a great friend and, uh, I believe that, I believe we'll be, uh, maybe lifelong friends. I don't know. But I was telling him, I was like, you know, I've learned more from December to now about myself and life than I have in the past 20 years of my life. I learned more in two months than I have in 20 years. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And again, my... You know, I can't make you become a Christian. I can't make you give your life to Christ. But I'm telling you, you may die today. You may die tomorrow. You may die 10 years from now. You may die 90 years from now and live a long life on this earth. But one day, you are going to die. You are. I am... Um, my mom is, my dad, my brother, my sister. We all have our day. 
And the question is, where will you spend eternity? There's only two options, heaven or hell, where there is eternal damnation. Those are the only two options you have. There is no purgatory. There, there's no waiting room. Um, there's no, okay, you're just in blackness and there's nothing. No, there is, no, there's something. There is. And one is much, much, infinitely more preferable than the other. And the only way to save your soul is through Jesus Christ. That's the only way. It's not the good things that you do on this earth. Salvation is a gift of God. It says it in the Bible. There's nothing we can do. There's no action we can do to get into heaven. You know, I had a pastor who would, you know, it was kind of a joke, but it was like, doesn't matter how many old ladies you help across the street. Doesn't matter how many bean pies you sell. Doesn't matter, you know, how many trees you plant. None of, none, none of our actions matter. It's not about being a good person. You have to listen. Humans are, in, are inherently evil. You can, you can see that in Genesis 3 with the fall of man. Everything is perfect. Man tries to take over the reins, take the reins from God, and everything is ruined. And so we are born into this sinful nature. So to that question, that question was once at, I think that question was once asked to me in a Q&A. And I answered that people are neither good nor evil, but selfish. And I, I can't take back that answer, but I would, I would now change my answer. People are inherently evil. We were, I, I, that, that scripture just totally slipped my mind when I was, when I was answering that question. I didn't even think about that. But we, we separated ourselves from God and we were born into a sinful nature. Everyone that has, everyone that has ever been born, except Adam and Eve, have been born into a sinful nature. And it's important that we understand that. If it were up to us and our power, we couldn't get into heaven. We can't, th there's nothing we can do. It's by putting our faith in Jesus Christ and saying that he's Lord of our life and acting like it. That's the only, that's the only thing that saves us. Now, you don't have to believe that. That's perfectly reasonable. Um, you can, if you're atheist, well, let me just say this. I actually don't believe atheists exist. And I say that because people, I believe what atheists actually believe. Because here's the thing. Atheists say that there is no God. They say that God does not exist. Okay. And a lot of a lot of atheist arguments that I've heard kind of talk about how God is incompetent, God being evil, 
God um, not being as powerful as he thinks or as people think he is. Um, that kind of shows that they, that kind of shows that they believe in God. They're just saying they, that they just have a different image of him. But they, I believe everyone does deep down believe that there is a God. Cause, you know, the Big Bang and stuff like that, like, if you just think, you know, something came from nothing and you genuinely believe that you are, I, I just, I question your ability to reason. But the reason I don't believe atheists exist is because I believe with humans, we want to feel that we are in charge. Everyone likes control. Everyone likes to be able to do what they want to do when they want, how they want, however long they want. And to admit that there is a God and that ultimately we're not in charge. Now, we do have free will. We do. You can do what you want. You can... You can have sex with who, who you want. You can eat what you want. You can do what you want. You can try to achieve anything you'd like to achieve. But ultimately, we are not in charge. God is, God is the boss. And he already knows how things started and he already knows how things are going to end. That's it. Like there's there's nothing. We we may be the boss in we in our eyes we may think we're the boss. Every action we do, there's a there's a there's a repercussion, good or bad. And that's what we need to understand. But that that's why I don't think atheists exist. I think they just don't want to admit that they're not in charge. They hate the idea. Of them not being fully in control and that there's something greater than them. I think that that's why I think that. But I have a friend who, you know, he's, he's a good friend, uh, intelligent. I think he's got a bright future. Um, but he's agnostic and, you know, we, we've talked a lot about Christianity and stuff like that. And he, you know, I've kind of been talking about him, talking to it about him for like two years now. And, you know, it's still, it's still a work, you know, I still, I still try to, you know, get him to be, you know, just to kind of lean the other way. Like, I don't, I don't force anything on him. But I try to, I try to just get him to think and to just reason that, you know, that God does exist. And I believe, I, see, here's my thing. Here's my opinion of what he thinks. And this is just me knowing him and how he thinks and how he is. I believe he thinks. Because he's a really smart guy. He's he's smarter than me. And I'm... Well, that's not really a compliment because I'm not that smart. But he's smarter than me. I believe he... I believe he thinks that there is a quote-unquote higher power. I do believe he thinks that. But his issue is, okay, it can't be proven. That's... I believe that's his issue. 
He thinks, you know, how can, you know, how can you prove it? How can I be 100% certain that, you know, this higher power or whatever you want to call him, God exists? That's what I think he thinks. I could be wrong, but I think I'm right. But if you don't, of all the other episodes I ever do, um, if you don't get anything else, forget politics, forget culture, forget all that because, because it's all going to pass away one day. It's all going to pass away. You know, you know, our achievements, our failures, you know, our family, you know, the pleasures of life, the, the pain in life, it's all going to go away. It's all, it's all going to be, a, it's all, it's just all going to be gone. And we're either going to be in heaven or we're going to be in hell for eternity. And we can't not wrap our, our minds around eternity because nothing in this world is eternal. There's nothing that lasts forever in this world. And so it's just amazing. And I just, I thank God. And you can't, you can't convince me. Like I was, I was already solid before, but you can't convince me God doesn't exist. Because I shouldn't be alive. I should not be alive. I should, I should, my body should be in a coffin. And I should be six feet under. And my family would go from a family of five to a family of four. But I'm, you know, just understand you could die. You don't know when your last day is. Don't live your life just carelessly and just do whatever and just drink and smoke and, you know, drive fast. No one except, I would say, unless... You are on death row and it's your, it's your execution date. Or, you know, you're on, you're in hospice. You're at the end stages of hospice. For the most part, no one thinks that today, you know what, today's my last day being alive. That, that, that's not people's mindset. Because if it was, people would live a lot differently. Would you go to school? Nope. Would you go to work? Definitely not. But we, we live thinking that, you know, you know, life is just gonna, you know, keep going on, you know, go to work, then I work the next day and work the next day and just gotta go to the grocery store and all that. And that's just how we function. But don't just live your life just carelessly. You have, you have to put your faith in God. You have to put, you have to put your faith in Jesus Christ. And make Him Lord of your life. Because you, I'm, I'm telling you, you don't understand just how small you are until you can't do for yourself. It's amazing. There's so many things we just take for granted. 
so many things we take for granted. Walking, you know, eating what we want, um, standing. It took me, it took me a couple days to be able to actually stand solidly for more than 30 seconds. I had to relearn how to walk. I had to relearn how to set up. I had to, I pretty much had to relearn everything. And it's, it's just the small things that we don't even notice. You can't just, I'm telling you. And, you know, especially, I'm trying, I'm trying to get this message out to the younger, to the younger folks. Those that are younger than me and those that are older than me. We're not invincible. Okay? Our bodies are finite. We can only do so much. We only have so much strength. And it's not going to be there forever. I would, I would, I would ask you this. And it's kind of similar to a question I asked earlier. If you knew that No, that, no, I won't ask that question. I'm going to save that question for a different episode. But that's what I want you guys to understand. That's, that's what you need to comprehend. You need to comprehend that you're not all powerful. You're not, you're not infinite. You're not, you, you, you just don't understand. We don't understand how small we really are. And it's important that you understand that. You don't know when you're going to die. Look at Kobe. 41. His daughter, Gianna. 13. You got to be kidding me. 13? I mean, I mean, I mean, they didn't, they did not wake up. Thinking, today's my last day on earth. They, they didn't think that when they got in that, for them, it was just another helicopter ride. Something that they, you know, that they've done probably hundreds of times before. They wouldn't have gotten in that helicopter, you know, if they thought it was going to crash and they knew they were going to die. They wouldn't do that. They had, they were probably just, you know, Laughing and talking and going about just doing their thing. And then they end up crashing into a hill. You don't know when you're going to breathe your last. You don't. Don't take life for granted. Don't think you have forever. Don't think you have time. Don't. That, that is a bad mindset to have. Live every single day thinking that today could be my last day. And I need to give God my very best. If you, here's the thing. If you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, okay, you've already, you know, 
you've already, you know, salvation, that's already done. Okay? You need to give God your best every single day. And that's something that I'm working on in my own life. It's hard. There are times where I don't want to do things. There are times I don't want to read my word. There are times I don't want to pray. Or, you know, there are times I want to do my own will. But I'm, but my main message is out to those who are not saved. The young people who, who are not saved. You think you have time. You think, you think that you have a long time. You think that you have time to get it together. I want, I want you to understand this. There, when you are, on, when you are on this earth, there is no such thing as getting it together. No one who has ever lived, except Jesus Christ, has ever gotten it together. Everything's not going to be a hundred percent. You will struggle. You will have difficulty in your life. But don't just think you have forever. Don't think that you can just do what you want for as long as you want. And that nothing bad is going to happen. I mean, it's it's a dangerous mindset to have. Someone who was visiting my church <clears throat> a few weeks ago. He was, I want to say 22. And he was from the Bay Area. And he was just visiting our church, you know, our youth nights on Friday. You know, he was really excited and he was like, you know, I'm going to try to be here more often and stuff like that. And all his life he had struggled with seizures. One night he had a seizure. And th this is just, this is just a few days ago. This is a few days ago. This isn't an old memory or an old story. No. This is, this is like in February of this year. He's dead. Early twenties, gone. I easily could have been another one a few months ago. You don't know. Quit pretending that you have time. Your soul depends on it.